Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. As we start today, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. Now, I'm going to begin reading down at uh, verse 24. We're going to read down to verse 30, and then we're going to jump to verse 36, okay? So Matthew chapter 13, beginning down at verse 24. Here's what it says. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and went away. When the stalks sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in your field? Then how is it that it has weeds? An enemy has done this, he answered. The servants said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them? But the landowner said, No, because if you gather the weeds, you'll pull up the wheat along with them. Let both grow side by side until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I'll say to the harvesters, first gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned, but bring the wheat into my barn. Now let's jump down to verse 36. Jesus left the crowds and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, the one who plants the good seed is the Son of God. The field is the world. And the good seeds are the followers of the kingdom. But the weeds, well, they are the followers of the evil one. The enemy who planted them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the present age. And the harvesters are the angels. Now, there is not the slightest doubt in my mind that this is one of the most practical parables that Jesus ever told. The message of this parable will become even more and more needed as we near the close of time. There is within the message of this parable a message of encouragement, a message of patience. There's a message of warning to you and I. We need to apply the message of this parable right to our own hearts. Now, one thing is for sure. No one can prayerfully read this passage without a deep searching of their heart. Am I really wheat or am I a weed? Now, let's think through the parable in modern language. It appears that there was this king who owned a field, and he planted in that field some good wheat. In the middle of the night, and after the wheat was planted, an enemy came along and planted weeds in the middle of the wheat. And when the crops come up, the weeds appeared. Well, that would be a horror story. Now, with great excitement, the servants of this man, they came in, his presence deeply concerned. They were so upset, and they said, we thought we did a great job out there in the field. We planted good seed. Where in the world did those weeds come from? So the owner of the field said, an enemy has come and done this. Well, immediately the excitement of the servants increased. And they said, don't you want us to go out there and rip those weeds out? 
The owner says, no, don't you dare start rooting them up because you will do more harm than good. It'll be dangerous for the wheat if you started that kind of an operation. He said, just let them grow together. Don't disturb them until the harvest. Now, after he's told the story, the disciples didn't quite understand it. So the disciples come to Jesus in the house. and They said, Lord, could you explain to us about the wheat and the weeds business? So he did. He said, the son of man, me, I am the field owner. The good seed represent the good children of God. The weeds represent the children of evil. The enemy that planted them is the devil. The reapers at the end of the world are the angels, not the servants. Only the angels can do the harvesting and do the separating. This is not in the power of man. Now, let me just back up a little further. When this story was told to the audience some 2,000 years ago, it's a very, very plain story. They were an agricultural community. One of the great curses that could come upon a farmer was to plant weeds in his wheat. It was a huge curse. So what does this story mean? Well, there's a number of meanings. One of the things I want to underscore is the meaning it had to the audience to whom Jesus was talking that day. So Jesus had a crowd of people around him. If you picture this, everyone seeing his miracles and listening to his teaching and above all, seeing him in his love. And they were all strangely attracted to him. If there was any ability in their hearts to respond, they were thinking that, well, this might well be the Messiah. But remember, you must look into the back of the minds of the Jews of that day and that their idea of a Messiah was a military Messiah. A Messiah who would come and would mobilize the armies of Israel. And they did have, that's how they thought, that's what their thinking was, right? That he would come as a general and he would drive the Romans into the sea. They wanted a general for a Messiah. They wanted to dominate the earth by the Jewish people. But what did Jesus announce? He says, I'm not coming as a general. I'm coming as a farmer. Now that was a bomb to them. That was not what they wanted to hear. Oh, a general. And what a general he would make. Some of our men are killed. He raises them up. How can you beat that? Some of our soldiers are wounded. He heals them. Not even a scar. He could stop the flow of blood from a woman. Why couldn't he stop the flow of blood from a wound? What a general this man would make. They were eager for him to be that general. But he said, I'm not a general. I'm a farmer. The work of my kingdom is not going to come by force. The work of my kingdom is going to come slowly like a crop that is maturing in a field. Now, what else do we see here? Well, you can read this parable and slip into the idea that the history of the church was going to be a happy one. And the Lord Jesus announced right there, right there in that moment in history, the kingdom of God was going to be soured from inside. It was going to be contaminated from within. 
So there isn't any happy ending here that in the end, much that professes to be Christian and looks like Christian, you know, like the weeds look like the wheat, that in the end, much that professes to be Christian is going to be destroyed. There is no ultimate conquering of the world by the church, not in this parable. Neither is it to be done by force. Now, that was the idea that he was straightening out in the minds of that immediate audience. Now, what are the lessons we learn? Well, who are the good seed? Well, the good seed are the converted members of the church. Who are the bad seed? Well, they are the professing Christians. The bad seed are the professing Christians on the outside, appearing to be the real thing, but down deep inside, they are not that at all. Now, let's go a little bit further. What is a hypocrite? Well, the Greek word hypocrite simply means an actor. Acting was a noble profession to which everyone looked up to and everyone admired the actors. You know, when they passed them on the street, they'd say, oh, there he goes, there she goes. Isn't that, that's the way it is in Hollywood. A hypocrite being an actor, they learn the lines and their lines are delivered admirably and with skill. I mean, they know all the pious words. But while they are saying the words, they are not really that person. They've only learned the script. And it's pretty hard to tell whether or not it is the real thing or it's just the words that they've learned. Each one of us will have to search our own heart and the Holy Spirit will have to speak to each one of us as to whether we are wheat or we are a weed. Now, what did Jesus say in this parable? He said there are hostile forces within the church that are planted by the devil himself the most disruptive act of force that the devil uses to destroy the church is the power of imitation. Now, more people listen to this line because this is vital. More people lose confidence in the church because of artificial Christians than for any other reason. The power of Christianity is destroyed by the inconsistency of those who claim to be the real thing, the real children of the kingdom. The greatest enemies of the advancement of the church are within its own walls. They are in the field. It's in the small, the, in, the small inconsistencies. It's in the making of a profession, an appearance but it's not coming from inside. You see, that's why the church doesn't multiply in the manner it should. That's where there should be a hundred people coming into the fold. There is but one. And there would be growth if it weren't for the fact who, for those who profess to be the children of God, they conceal it all week long. And when it comes to the time to act, we act hypocritically. We come with a songbook under our arm and the Bible. But what we did all week 
when we're out in the world, what did we do then to those that need us? You see, the whole world judges the church by my behavior, by your behavior. Imagine the enormity of the consequences of our behavior. Now let's get down to the last lesson. These servants of the master came and they said, Sir, don't you want us to go out and root up the weeds? And the master put up his hand and said, No, if you do this, you're going to do a lot of harm. You leave it alone. If you make the decisions as to who are wheat and who are weeds, you're going to do more harm than good. So in other words, in this parable, the Lord absolutely took away our right to pass judgment. So under these circumstances, we must not only not try to separate the wheat and the, and the weeds, we've got to leave this judgment up to God because only God is able to look inside. We look at the outward appearance. God asked us to restrain our opinions and our judgments and pray for patience. God never gave the authority or the ability to pass judgment to any man. And I caution you here, because every now and then there arises a movement that says that they have a commission from God to purify the church, to separate the true believer from the false. And they feel that they've been given this burden, and that they have this duty. I'm going to tell you something. Never get involved with such a movement. I've seen them come and I've seen them go. And all they do is breed heartache. You just stay in the field. When someone says that they have the authority to make a separation of the wheat and the weeds, this side of the coming of the Lord Jesus, you know they have no such authority. And I say that on the authority of the Word of God. There is no such man, there is no such movement. I don't care what their name is or how eloquent they sound or how sound or unsound their theology is or how big their group is, right? They have not been given that authority by God. Now, the last lesson is highly personal. And I, I know our time is almost over, but this might be one of the only times I'll have the chance to bring this to your attention. So let's take the time and do it. I'm going to get real close to your heart now. It's right here in the Word of God. So I want to address those that may be thinking about attending a church or maybe you're a new member of a church. Listen, the Lord never said that the church would be all wheat and no weeds. So don't be surprised that not every member of a church you may attend is not a Christian. A church member, yes. A Christian, no. Well, they may carry a Bible. They may sing the same hymns. They may put money in the same tray. They may bow their heads at the same prayer. But they turn out not to be Christians at all. You're going to see that. And I'm warning that you're going to find that. And the reason why I'm warning you that you're going to see it is so that when it happens, you'll say, hey, that's what Bill was talking about. I'm not going to let it upset me. 
You see, I have folks say to me, I'm going to leave my church. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. I'd say to them, okay, you're just finding that out now? Didn't the Lord say that there are going to be hypocrites in the church? When did the Lord say that the flock would be all sheep and no goats? Why should we then be so astonished? He gave us these things with great clarity in order that we might not be upset when we run into people who are not Christians. And yet, supposedly, they are because they're members of the church. I've had people say to me, I can't go to the church. I can't go and sit in the pew and sing. And I raise my eyes. I look down the other end of the pew and there's someone there singing their heart out, and I know the life they're leading. I say, you do? And they say, yes, and it just turns me right off. I look down the other end of the pew. I see individuals there, and I know the life that they're leading. And honestly, it sours me so bad that I just can't go back to that church. You see, that's why it's so important that we internalize the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Of course, you're going to look around, and when you look around in any church, you're going to see weeds. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to get sour on them? Are you going to get angry at them? Are you going to desert them? Or why is it that when you look down there and you see a person whose life is out of sorts with God, why don't you, if you're a Christian, bow your head and pray for that person? Instead of souring and saying, oh, I just want to get out of here. I want no part of this Christianity. You see that individual? You know what their life is? You know that they're not a Christian? Why not pray for them? Because Christians are sweet people. They're not sour people. You know, friends, I've long since decided that in as much as this field is the kingdom of God, I'm going to get in the middle of this field and I'm going to stay in this field. Weeds are no weeds. Let the weeds prosper. Let the hypocrites talk and put on a performance. Let, me, let them give me the bad business deal, but I'm going to stay in the field. And on the other hand, and as much as he has warned us about this, about the contamination with the church, I would recommend to you, folk, the new members, the old members, stay in the church, come hell or high water. You see, artificial Christians see a sinner as someone to be avoided. When we get that feeling that people that do wrong are people to be avoided, but they're not. People that do wrong, they are to be cultivated and they are to be loved and they are to be prayed for and they are to be warmed. If we would only remember that, we would not have any apostasy in our churches. You see, the weed is never warm. The weed is never considerate. The weed avoids anyone who does wrong. But just because we're in the field does not guarantee that we are wheat. We need to ask ourselves, when I see my brother fall, 
Do I reach out with a compassionate hand to lift him or her up? Or am I angry with them and want to root them out? There is a shocking truth in that the weeds never change the wheat, not a blade. The wheat was still wheat. The process of growth did not do one bit of harm to the wheat. You see, friends, I want God to make me a loving Christian. I want him to take all the weeds out of my life. I want the master farmer to care for me, and I want him to, to work in the soil of my heart and make it fruitful to his glory. I know he has the power to change us. I know there is hope in the Savior. I know that the harvest is coming, and we want to be ready. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, we, your children, come before you and ask you lovingly, humbly, that you may come and till the soil of our hearts. Father, plant within our hearts that good seed, the seed of love, the seed of compassion, the seed of forgiveness, that those that we come in contact with will know by our love that we are followers of Jesus Christ. Father, those that right now are struggling, I pray that you draw near to them and provide them the guidance. Put them back on the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Father, bless each and every viewer, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. On each and every program, we make a resource available, a book, a magazine, or you know, something else, just to help you in your study of our topic, to help you just immerse yourself a little bit more deep into God's Word, because there we find the secret to life and living life abundantly. Uh, today we have a special edition of the Signs of the Times magazine. It is called The Great Controversy Between Good and Evil, and it's nearly over. We'd love to send you this magazine as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. You will never receive an invoice. There is no obligation whatsoever on your part. These resources will arrive in your home by mail, postage paid. They're a gift from us to you. So if you'd like to receive this, we're going to give you the instructions as how you can request your copy. For those of you that will be calling us on the phone, I have to tell you right at the outset that we, not, we may not be able to get to every caller. We have volunteers that take the calls. We sometimes get more calls than we have volunteers available. So you get the answering service. If that is your case, please do us a favor. Leave us your name and your mailing address. Do not just leave us your phone number for us to call you back because we may not be able to get back to you for a couple of hours as we're handling calls because our program is on in different time zones across the country. So, on the voicemail, enunciate your name and your mailing address, including your postal code, and that will just make things so much quicker for us 
because when the volunteers go and get the message, they already have your name and they have your mailing address, and we can begin the process of getting these gifts, these resources out to you. So you can really help us by doing that, okay? So if you're interested in requesting this copy of The Great Controversy, then pay close attention to the information we're going to provide you right now. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. In the final moments that we have together, just want to share with you uh, some things that I hope will be of interest to you, some resources we have available. Uh, let me start by introducing you to the website, l4ltv.com. On the website, a number of things going on there. One of them is on the previous programs tab. You can go on that page and you can have access to every program we have ever aired, all the way back to our first season. You'll also see there um, buttons you can click, like for example, the for First Freedoms Foundation, for, the, for Dr. Sloan. There's a page called Archived Sermons. There um, I have different video lectures that I've done around the country on different topics. You'll see the topics listed there. So there's a video presentation. And then there's a study guide that you can download that you can use as your study guide, you know, with the verses that you can go and research for yourself in your own Bible. And I would encourage you to do that. There's a tab that says donate today. You can make a donation online by credit card or by uh, visa debit. Every dollar you donate is invested in the ministry. None of that money comes to me or my family. We are a charitable organization so you can get a receipt for income tax purposes. Also have an Instagram account, Santos underscore Bill. Follow me on Instagram every morning, 6.30 a.m. I put out a one-minute devotional video. Great way to get your day started. Many folks tell me they start with their phone in their hand and a cup of coffee, and they start their day with their thinking on heaven, the things of God. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our Facebook page, an audio version of this program will be available on SoundCloud within about half an hour from the end of the program. You can download it and you can carry that with you. We are almost out of time. One more website very quickly. I'm going to ask you to check out missionnowcanada.com. 
which is the overseas humanitarian work. We got some exciting projects coming up, Central America, South America, Asia. Check those out. We are all out of time. Look forward to doing this again next time. Hope you'll join us. God bless you. We'll see you then.